Welcome to the Books Brothers Podcast, where each week we read, discuss, and challenge each other to become better men and have a few laughs in the process. The Books Brothers are currently reading The Mask of Masculinity, how men can embrace vulnerability, create strong relationships, and live their fullest lives by Lewis Howes. This week, Adam leads our discussion as we unpack the aggressive mask. In this episode, we talk about how the upbringing of young boys can affect their emotional regulation, especially in homes with absent fathers. The bros break down how understanding true emotions at their core is vital to the recovery process of those who struggle with resorting to aggression in times of distress. After the show, please share your comments and feedback on the chapters by emailing us at connect at booksbrotherspodcast.com. Yeah, good to be yeah. back. Good to be back. It's been a little wild. Life's crazy. I'm happy you're here. Yeah, man. It's good to see you. Hey, Thomas, get to, uh, you're going to get to see you live here soon. You, you, your boy and Jaggy. I'm stoked, man. Yeah, I can't wait, man. I'm going to give you a big old, big old hug as soon as I see oh, you. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh-oh. Can you at least do the awkward hug? <laughs> Can you hold a sign yeah. up? Can you hold a sign up that says something funny at the airport? Or, well, you're not welcome back from prison. I don't even know if you're going to be there. <laughs> yeah, we should. Be we funny. might be able to pick you up if Camille comes I didn't even back. Think about that. You want to double up on my motorcycle? I call the front. And <laughs> <laughs> once, once you see Halloween, and you're going to want to come here every year. What is that? Is it pretty wild there? It is just like no other. Yeah, it's amazing. Even if you don't want to dress up or anything, just going out, walking around, seeing about 5,000 people in costumes is hilarious. Like, cool. you just see the most mm-hmm. funny things. I'm just yeah. going to put my red it's, contacts it's awesome. in and walk walk along the street. <laughs> <Yeah. like Kiki. laughs> you should wear, good. like, do, like, no shirt and then ripped jeans, red eye contacts. <laughs> Just like really confuse people. Like, what are yeah. you? Like, like is, he no dressed up? is he dressed up? Is he a little bit crazy? Like, what's going on here? Yeah. You know, we were back in um, Missouri this weekend, got to see Matt, which is a good Woo! time. And uh, it's great. And um, when we were at the airport, um, I, I feel like it went pretty smoothly considering we have a, you know, 13 week old. And yeah, I feel like the flight there went pretty smoothly. The flight back went pretty smoothly, really much better than I think we could have expected. And we were like waiting for our bags to be delivered. And Daphne had probably the worst blowout she's like ever had. It was awful. And Ruth is holding her. And so Ruth like gets like, gets like stuff all over her shirt and there's stuff on the ground. (laughs) Oh, wow. It was bad. And so Ruth goes and, talks to someone and has someone like we cleaned up a lot of it but has someone help clean it up too just like letting them know and um she led with hey my daughter my daughter just pooped on the ground and <laughs> in my mind i'm just like thinking like i wonder like the person she told at the airport like do they would they assume it's a, a like a baby or would they think like oh some 16 year old girl or some like 12 year old pooped on the ground <laughs> you never know yeah, but never so I feel like pretty smooth first uh, first that, flight, huh? <laughs> but but pretty smooth first flight. You got a good story yeah, on nice, that too. I'm yeah. sure everybody was stoked to see her. Yeah, yeah, it was a good time. 
Yeah, my highlight of the week was seeing Adam this weekend in person. It's the first time he got to meet my girls, which wow. is crazy to me. That's what I think about. I need to come too. Yeah, I know. I still I haven't met him either, man. What the heck? So hey, weird. I should be in KC for yeah, like New Year's and stuff. I want to get together with you guys. Maybe Let's do we'll it. Do a, we'll do a Books Brothers uh, retreat at some point. Hey, I've been, it was on my mind. I'm like, we should probably plan it out now. Be fun. Once get we get to 100,000 followers. We're speaking <laughs> up. Oh, yeah, we wanted, to, we wanted to call that out. So we do get some podcast data, and we have a listener from Belgium who listens to our episodes almost immediately after we release them. So hey. if you uh, are the listener from Belgium, we want to hear from you. So um, anyone can Send reach us an out. Email. But yeah, send us an email at connect at booksbrotherspodcast.com. So it also might be Garrett's VPN. I was going to so, say that. That's Again, we're going to have optimistic thinking here that we've, we're already crowd. This week, we're going to be going through the aggressive mask. But first, a summary. In this chapter, the author shares the experience of three main figures in their relationship with the aggressive mask. Two fighters, Andy Kona and Randy Couture, and ex-NFL star Ray Lewis, all whose sports involve aggression and inflicting pain on someone else. A common thread among these three that we read is that they all had absent fathers. Aggression and a desire to fight are common in almost all boys' upbringing. The author notes that acts of physical dominance have been a way in which men have ordered themselves in societies throughout human history. He quotes Harvard professor W.S. Pollock in saying the one full emotion boys are allowed to express within a narrow bandwidth of developing masculinity is anger. Anger then becomes an outlet in which boys and men alike express pain, sadness, and anxiety. This lack of emotional understanding and education results in men covering up the primary negative emotion with a more understood emotion, anger. Lewis notes the importance of understanding the aggression problem in men as a lack of education because then it can be changed, which helps the healing of men and the people in their life. He discusses how higher levels, higher testosterone levels are often viewed as correlated to men's anger, but shares research that shows that this is not necessarily true and speaks of how specific societies where anger and acts of violence are not consistent with the male culture. Aggressive behaviors for men are often societally learned and come from a place of hurt or wounding. The chapter ends with a call to remove the mask and the resulting peace for men and an improvement in their relationships. Anything else you want to note from a summary standpoint or anything else that stood out from you guys in the reading of the aggressive mask? Felt a lot like the, yeah, it's, it felt a lot like the athlete mask in the sense that there was a lot of competition. Um, yeah. And a lot of the aggressiveness, I feel like, comes out of the competition. But I guess violence might be the big differentiator between the two. Would you guys agree? Yeah, like the male need for combat. Yeah, or or the yeah, or like the urge to not only dominate someone but to make them feel pain in a sense. I don't know. What do you guys think? Yeah, I agree. It seems to be more geared towards violence or anger, aggression. Yeah, it's coming from a place Obviously, of anger, anger. Yeah. Yeah. which a lot of guys that do athletics, you know, they channel that, but yeah. You guys yeah. heard about the idea of like a generational trauma and men like, uh, yeah. as far yeah. as coming from, coming from the, you know, major world wars, it's like, you know, our grandparents were dealing with some crazy stuff. Even Matt, you've talked about your grandparents, you know, and all that stuff too. Yeah. yeah it's like, uh, yeah. you know, deal with all the, 
major world wars and then the men come home from like stuff like d-day and it's like well you just expect them to go back to being like you know it's peacetime you're good right yeah you know and, yeah. they, end up, and they end up parenting their yeah. sons their sons into pairing them you know, parenting their sons and just kind yeah. of interesting That's concept. What, but. I mean, in this chapter too, like it ending with Ray Lewis going with his dad to go see his grandfather and basically the, all the issues that Ray Lewis had with his dad, his dad had with his grandfather. So I think, I mean, yeah, definitely, uh, we definitely inherit the, the trauma or like the sins of our, of our fathers. I think. I think that's, yeah, probably just human nature because you get so much from them growing up. Yeah, you, you mentioned that, Flez, and just thinking about my my own grandpa and that history. I don't know a ton about his history in general, but I know he fought in World War II and the Korean War. He has one son, three daughters, and the son, my uncle, doesn't have any kids, and he's kind of the black sheep of the family, <laughs> what it seems like. We rarely see him, rarely talk to him. He's been in and out of jobs. I think just hearing my mom talk about him is my grandpa was probably disappointed mm -hmm. in how his life turned out. But I don't know how he was raised, what that looked like. I would imagine going through world wars and would have some kind of effect on it. Did your mom have a pretty good relationship with your dad, with her dad? I believe so. <laughs> yeah. It seems like all the girls in the family grew up pretty well like well educated have good really good manners yeah. very nice kind people loving people interesting yeah. that we skipped from being aggressive straight to going to war and killing people there's a lot of in between there that i feel yeah, like that's that's fair i mean yeah. and, and then yeah. a lot of it a lot of it too is you know if you're drafted or something it's not like that's what you're going into it for. So, but I, I would say like I pulled up the feelings wheel because I always forget which feelings kind of precede other feelings. Yeah. Um, are you guys familiar with that? Mm -hmm. the feelings yeah. Wheel? It's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah. I, yeah. I think pretty helpful because a lot of times as a dude, you don't really know why you feel the way you feel or you have the thoughts you have or, you know, like, I mean, sometimes stuff yeah. just comes up. You're like, what was that? But um, I think aggression has to stem mostly from fear and anger. And those are the, the two base emotions I feel like those probably come from. So yeah. aggression can, I mean, I feel like there's a lot of situations where aggression, violence, hate, you know, those kind of things can bubble up. And I mean, like we've mentioned before, our society is not necessarily given us a whole lot of outlets that are acceptable to show publicly or otherwise as a guy when you don't know what to do with some of your your feelings you know and ag aggression is one of them even though yeah. it's not ideal i think a lot of guys turn to that yeah i think what like in this this chapter that harvard professor she was talking a lot about how men don't really learn to channel their emotions as well which i think like first you're like oh it's kind of like it's like, oh, it's offensive, but it's like, well, if that's what research sh shows and such. And I know, um, I remember learning the concept when I was uh, from a counselor at one point where they talked about how men really struggle to define emotions outside of like the basic triad of emotions. So kind of back to what you were saying, Thomas, where, you know, the basic triad is um, 
happy, sad, and mad. And so obviously when we're talking about like mad, we're talking about anger in this category here. And so I think for, for me, when I was first introduced to that idea, I think I really saw how anytime I would get anything in the spectrum of mad or upset, that I really struggled to use a lot of the various words for it. And I really struggled with my ability to communicate what real emotion I'm feeling. And as that professor mentions, like anger comes out as the emotion, even though that's secondary to like the primary emotion, which might be, um, you know, depressed or it might be uh, lonely or it might be something like that. Um, but I'm just curious what your all's experience has been with that. Do you feel like you have, I don't know. I think it's in general, it's thought that men struggle to experience like kind of the wide array of emotions. And it's particularly when it comes to like anger or being mad, we don't tend to be able to express that emotion as, as well. Has that been true of your guys' experience? Would you say? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think this is spot on. I think it's not just research, but lived experience. So it's something that I've really been pressing into this past year. You mentioned, you know, your counselor, Adam, like very similar with me going through marriage counseling feelings wheel. Like I've just been (laughs) speaking of feelings. I've been very frustrated by how difficult it is to like identify like a feeling or whatever. Like, I don't know how else to say it. It's just like, I'm just really mad right now. It's like, okay, but what, what's really good. And I can even like, like what Thomas did, like pull up the feelings wheel and I can still not really figure it out. And it's, it's not like, it's not like riding a bike where if you don't do it for a long time, you just pick it up and you remember how to do it. It has taken a lot of mental exercise and energy to like think through, you know, why am I angry right now? Why am I short with my wife or my kids? what's kind of going on underneath. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know if it's like an intentional mask. I don't think I go around like I'm going to act angry to hide what's going on underneath. It's more like there's never been that education that Lewis house was talking about. There's never been like the cultivation of like, it's all right for guys to talk about feelings and think through what they're going through and help explain and discuss that to lead to a resolution and share what's on your mind and things like that. When you said it takes a lot of energy, I totally agree because the last thing I ever want to do when I'm frustrated is sit down <laughs> with a little wheel and look at the little colors like a kindergartner and say, okay, well let's get this out and let's figure out how we're feeling today. <laughs> it, it's, it's, embar- yeah. it's embarrassing. You know, like it's, it's to even talk about it. You're like, what am I a child? But yes, we're all child. We're all children inside. We're all basically, you know, I feel like our inner ego and feelings get triggered at times that we can't really control. And we have to deal with that. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I think too, obviously it's, it might feel childish, but, but that, I feel like that beats, like, I feel like if you watch a lot of, uh, like sitcoms that were made in the nineties, the dad is always mad all the time, right? The dad is always mad and he's like, always and I think, I don't know. I, I would definitely say that growing up, I knew those fathers, like, I feel like I had friends whose dads were that way. 
and so it's like yeah they're like just sitting on the couch all the time and and like watching a sport or something like that and <laughs> don't really have much much um i don't know mm-hmm. but yeah i would agree with that too i think it's easy just to default to mm-hmm. those three emotions yeah, yeah. if something's wrong it's, it's easy to say yeah i'm sad or i'm angry and then not really have to get into much yeah. more of it what do you guys yeah. feel like makes you the most frustrated like nowadays like what makes you sad slash mad slash angry the most i I would say just to start off i feel like if i feel disrespected or not appreciated for whatever it is i'm doing a lot of times that'll Mm -hmm. do it and i feel like that's kind of a uniquely guy thing to feel like oh if you don't respect me then forget you Mm -hmm. but kids (laughs) (laughs) probably probably a lot of respect issues there right (laughs) no i mean they are frustrating at times but i wouldn't say it's the the thing that makes me the most frustrated i would say it's when things don't go the way as planned or how things should be working in technology for example like if a computer just decides to stop working. Uh, I see that a lot in my industry of work, but my expectation of things that should work when they don't work, that makes me angry or like a so car. It's expectations. If, yeah. yeah. It's my expectations that this thing should be working just fine, like a machine. And then it breaks down for some reason. Then I get frustrated about it. Yeah. I yeah. that. I feel like mine's kind of the in between, like it's the combination of like both of you said, where um, if I might have an expectation of like a friend or I might have an expectation of Ruth or, um, and when that expectation isn't, isn't met, when it feels like my authority is being questioned or like, yeah, they're not respecting me. I, I found myself for probably the very first time, like, I've just really like loved and adored having a daughter and still do. But like for the very first time, I was like, this last um this last week i found myself thinking like why are you doing this this way and it's like yeah she's she's like a three-month-old she she doesn't really know what she's doing like there's no reason for me to get upset about this but there yeah. was getting upset about something so plus what about you currently well you know this i'm looking at the wheel here and it's like uh sad and then secondary is um despair and then the tertiary one is grief um i don't really understand that because i feel like with grieving i think a grieving hat you go through like cycles of like anger sadness Mm. i think you just kind of like grieving is like the five stages of grief yeah yeah so that that, i don't really get how that works on this one but that's uh, yeah i mean i'm kind of going through all of that right now with with like you know my stepdad so and it's very mm-hmm. tricky with that yeah. diagnosis yeah. so that that is kind of the grieving thing is kind of what i'm experiencing a lot right now and then um yeah frustration just in relationships for sure still i think i think i think that i think that what gets me the most is when i'm tired just like being tired from a long day, you know, like it's like four yeah. or five o'clock at night and just been really tired. I was just 
long day driving around and 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 you just kind of want to like have a second to decompress you know and it's like you gotta snap into snap into another mode it's just kind of hard to do that sometimes um so that's something that i need to work on for sure but uh just like kind of getting gotten have gotten used to kind of just being on my own you know and like after work i could just go home and you know kind of do all my stuff i need to decompress like meditate and you know it's like i have like a routine and it's like anytime i deviate from that that's when i kind of start to struggle so that's something that i'm i'm trying to figure out a little bit how it can be a little bit more uh i guess fluid less rigid um it's tough balance though i think that that rigidity versus yeah versus um being more spontaneous because you know i know for you you found rigidity to be really helpful and healing and i I mean i just think rigidity sometimes obviously it's a negative word but being structured um Mm -hmm. you plan things out the way that you want to do them then you know you're you kind of are being more specific and doing what you want to do with your time but obviously it doesn't always leave room for spontaneity and yeah it it can be challenging on relationships it can be um challenging on friendships um yeah that's it's tough because yeah you you feel like you have to do these things to help you maintain your personal well-being but that may not always appease those around you and mm-hmm. so i think the discontentment and i know that you're someone who you know likes to keep folks happy and so that <laughs> yeah. can cost some, cost yeah, some so, then, so then i get very overwhelmed because it's like i'm not you know helping everyone yeah. and it's like i then i kind of start to like ease away from my own stuff to keep healthy and then it's like get a little bit more overwhelmed because i'm like yeah i can't do that it's like a balancing act for sure yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you listen to that episode of The Art of Manliness that was how to develop rugged flexibility? Oh, that sounds good. Maybe. I, I don't remember. Maybe, obviously I not. Okay. I didn't actually listen rugged. to it myself yet. It's on my list of things to listen to, but I feel like that would be a good Is one to like, listen to. It's a good idea. Is that like yeah. Carhartt fabric, rugged but flexible. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Is that why it's so expensive? Oh, gosh. Everybody uh, wants to wear Carhartt, but nobody wants to do Carhartt stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsors. Do your friends like to tickle you in spots they know they shouldn't? Do you say you are having a hard time breathing just to get out of the misery? Now introducing InstaShart. (laughs) InstaShart are boxer briefs that project foreign recycled matter at your friends at the click of a button. Now available in the following potencies. Beans and rice, three-day-old enchilada sauce, and sloppy joes. Why remain vulnerable when you can InstaShart? InstaShart, we've got your ass covered. (laughs) And now back to the show. Well, to get back to kind of the topic of the aggressive mask. So since we're talking about the aggressive mask, when, when, when was the last time that you all were in a more of a physical altercation or a fight, you would say? FedEx. I was, I thought I, I mean, like, I, so I will say I've never actually been in like a straight up. Oh, this fight. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty lame, I guess. Maybe. <laughs> no, it's a good thing. Let's uncover this in this episode. Let's see if we can get to the bottom of it. 
No, I mean, I haven't I, either. There you go. No, I, I do remember like in football, you know, words being exchanged in practice and, you know, it's like, Hey, I don't, I don't want that guy talking to me like that. So I'm going to talk, you know, say some stuff to him. And there were, yeah. I remember a time when I, a guy and I, we got up in each other's faces and one of those like classic things where it's like, I think we both knew it would get broken up. You know what I mean? So it's like, you, you kind of act like you're, you're like, tough. So we started. Like, <laughs> kiss, bro? Yeah, so we, yeah. So we started, I mean, we legit started like getting into it and shoving and stuff, but like most football scuffles, it's like, Hey, hey bring it up, you know? So, and then I, I mean, literally like in elementary school, I can think of probably the most engaged of like, trying to like get somebody off me and we were upset with each other. And, but I mean, that's like childhood. So, um, I remember, I do remember though, I was in class one time in high school and these two guys were making each other mad and they were both acting super tough. And one guy's like, all right, man, let's just fight after school then. And he's like, okay, fine. He goes, all right, what, what's your number? And like, they literally exchanged phone numbers. <laughs> and like, they're like, like they're literally like playing. I'm not making this up. They're planning a date. And I was like, this was happening in front. I don't know where the teacher was, but oh I was just fascinated. I was like, I would never do this. Like I, I would never. And then finally you got like one of the guys got to the point where he realized the other guy was actually serious. Like, like I'm, I'm going to beat the, you know, saying some things. And then finally a guy like, you guys like, well, I don't know if I could, I don't know if I can make it after school today. And he's like, you know, I'm, I'm not just going to fight somebody to fight somebody. Like all of a sudden had all these excuses, but it, I mean, it was Classic. really just like, what, what is going on? Like, yeah. You guys are not cool. No one has proven anything in this moment. Um, but I, I imagine there was some aggressive mask behavior there of like, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, the stoic, I can't show fear. And if I can dominate you, I'm better than you and I'm going to do it and prove it. Let's exchange phone numbers and <laughs> meet out in the parking lot after school. It, it was so bizarre. I, I'm like, is this is this really happening right now? Is this a dream? Oh gosh. There I wore times. the ag- Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say I wore the aggressive mask a lot when I was working nights over all over the city for FedEx for sure. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like nine o'clock at night in the city of St. Louis. It's like stuff's going on, you know. You just got to have your mean mug on, man. Yeah, you have to. It's just different. Like, it's like a survival thing. <laughs> it's just, yeah. But I can't, I'm not going to get any of that yet. I'm switching therapists to talk more about that. <laughs> oh, man. It's too much. But <laughs> I remember I was a wrestler throughout high school, and I remember probably the I didn't really get into fights growing up, but probably the closest was just when you wrestled somebody else that couldn't handle their own emotions. Like if they were losing, they would start to do stuff that was a little over the top, like kind of against the rules. And instead of like trying to grab your arm, they'd hit you in the face on the way to do it. And Mm. just some kind of shady stuff like that. And you knew at the end of the day, they were going to lose because when you're in a sport like that and you're not in control, you always lose basically, mm-hmm. but it still made you want to get aggressive to kind of teach them who's mm-hmm. boss. But I mean, I would say that that's one of those things that I feel like really 
made me learn about a lot about kind of control because when you first get into the sport, you're first, you know, when somebody's being physical with you and really kind of beating the crap out of you from like a, I mean, within the realm of the sport, right? Yeah. Your first instinct is you want to get a, aggressive and kind of like more of a violent way, but you learn pretty quick. Everybody's respectful about the sport, right? They're not really there to fight. They're just there to, to, to win really. I used to get really aggressive with my crossover broken bunch of ankles. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've never been in a fight either. I've only gotten close to one once. And I probably wouldn't have fought the guy anyways. I think I was it when we were roommates and I hacked your Facebook. Garrett's still thinking about that. I think that's foreshadowing. That's foreshadowing. Joke I, I was not thinking about it. I had a, I, I have been texting some friends like, Hey, listen to the podcast. Let me know what you think. And, it's proof that someone was listening. He's like, dude, I can't believe someone called you out that you were a terrible roommate. And I was like, hey, I was listening. I'm so happy. That's so funny. Yeah. What was Matt's defense mode? I forgot. Yeah, for our other listeners who did not get to hear the story. Garrett changed my <laughs> Facebook status back in college when we lived together. He changed or it was like you just posted on my yeah. Something I don't know. that is not Facebook above weird, approach for uh for your youth you ministry said, job. I like men right when we started this youth <laughs> yeah. ministry job. <laughs> which to be, fair, to be fair, <laughs> that, we were all doing that to each other. True. It was that just really poor, time, really poor timing. Really poor timing. <laughs> I didn't apologize. I didn't apologize. Yeah, it, was, <laughs> it wasn't the act of doing it. It was afterwards when I approached Garrett and I said, hey, I didn't appreciate that. I would like you to apologize. And Garrett refused to apologize. <laughs> Absolutely refused to apologize for it. I can't remember. Has he apologized yet? Yeah, he we did on, on the episode. Tigers like, what we have changing Man. people's. Yeah. Yeah. This is what That's happens cool. when you read, reflect, and connect. Yeah, I like oh, changing people's desktop backgrounds and then turning their computer off. So whenever they open their computer and turn it on <laughs> in some other place. It's the I dark, dark yeah, picture. Is it a picture of the Vader, Thomas? Is that what it is? It was, I don't know. It a picture of anything. Yeah. <laughs> like a, maybe a squirrel being funny or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nothing, nothing like weird, right? Yeah. Just like a funny clown or something like that. Yeah. Like yeah. a puppy. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> Just something to surprise them. I, like a, an emoji or something. You know, <laughs> <laughs> the I was a Nicholas Gage getting his hair in the wind. <laughs> Nickelback, you know, you know the tricks. <laughs> oh man. Anyways, yeah, really I was thinking. I was <laughs> I was thinking with our sample size that we'd maybe have like one person who had more of like a like a fight fight story of sorts, but I guess that speaks yeah. to who we are, but. 
I got sucker I got sucker punched in the head for no reason once and then totally wimped out and just walked away. <laughs> Thomas, I will say one, the right thing to do. One, there yeah. have been times there have been times where I have legitimately wanted to get in a fight and would actually yeah. have followed through with it. Like and I mean very extreme examples. I'm not just talking the talk. Like I remember yeah. one time I was jogging and I was running by Hammond's field where the Springfield Cardinals play. Mm-hmm. And I was in the zone, had my earphones in, and all of a sudden this water bottle whizzes by my head. And I'm not talking like an empty plastic water bottle. It was full. The and like this car drove past. And I like literally and and like I had this rage inside of me where I was like, I'm literally going to sprint up the quarter mile and catch them at that light. And even if it's a group of guys, like I will like, I don't know. There, there have been moments where I like yeah. felt so much rage inside me where I'm like, it, you know, it doesn't matter. Like yeah. those are very few and far between. And again, they just drove off, but yeah. do you guys ever get the sense? Like, do you ever feel something like that happen? And you get the sense like, Oh man, I've been, I've had it up to here for like, a few days now and I didn't even realize it. And this one thing just kind of mm. ticked me off and made oh, me yeah. realize like, Oh my gosh, I've, I've been like close to like flipping out a couple times and I just didn't know it. Well, I, I was thinking about like t- t- answering the question in a little bit different direction, but I don't, I don't think it's like in the spirit necessarily of this chapter, but I'll still say it because of what you said, Thomas, like I'm thinking about my own family, like, Matt joked about the kids and stuff and um, like, I, I don't really judge people who like, you know, you, you go to your baby checkups and stuff and they're like, don't, don't shake the baby. And I'll be like, Oh, I could, I could never do that. And I don't think I'm, I don't feel like I am ignorant in that regard. I feel like I have enough humility of like, no, like there have been times where I, the screaming and the crying and the sleepless nights. And again, it's, it's dominance, but in a different way, it's not like in other men. It's like, and I think that's why there's a lot of domestic violence, right? Like with women, because it's like, I'm stronger, I'm bigger. I can get what I want if I physically force my yeah. way. And so yeah. there's definitely been times where I've had to put my kids back in their crib and, and walk away. Cause I've, I've been so worked up that I'm not in control. It's like, no matter what I do, you will not stop crying and screaming. Um, and so then going into the marriage piece, I use the analogy of like, I'm trying to grow in this of not being a volcano where like, again, identifying the feelings, yeah, I know the hair, you know, it's hard, but the, uh, but like not, <clears throat> not letting things simmer under the surface and like, oh, okay, that, that kind of hurt my feelings or maybe mad or maybe angry, um, that my wife did or somebody did, but I'm just going to let it go. I'm just going to let it go. And then there's like 10 things. And so my wife has no idea that there have been 10 yeah. comments or things that, I've just been hurtful, but because I don't become literate in my emotions and just talk about it in the moment, there's all these 
experiences that bubble up and then the volcano explodes. And then I come off extremely aggressive to Brooke and speak really poorly to her very disrespectfully with a lot of anger. Um, Mm -hmm. it's never, it's never physical or anything like that. It's, um, but you know, yeah, it's, I mean, it's that's verbal, relationship. Right? Yeah. you can, yeah. you, can get, you know what I mean? So I think it's like, man, if I had just talked those nine other times through like, Hey, when you said that it made me feel like this, which again, takes yeah. so much emotional energy because I'm just not, I'm just like, I'm mad, but let me just go work out and that'll, yeah. that'll help me out. And it does in the short term, then it happens nine other times. And I'm like, enough i'm yeah. sick of this and it's like whoa like that's not how at all that i want to speak to my yeah. wife so i don't know if that kind of falls in this category but i, I thought about taking the conversation a little bit and sharing yeah. sharing that it's something i'm growing trying to grow in yeah i mean i totally can relate in that and i mean it's funny because like a lot of times the last thing that like tips you over the edge is like a really small thing yeah you know, exactly it's, it's like sure. it's like it's hey kind of stupid he, like Ruth will be like, Hey, Adam, you didn't clean this plate that really well. And you put it in the dishwasher. It's not going to clean the dishwasher. <laughs> it's like that for every reason. That's like the one that I'm like, choose to be mad about when it's like, there yeah. were more uh, egregious offenses, offenses earlier. But I think, yeah, sometimes that's where I do feel like there's also sometimes like the burden of trying to take on more, trying to, I don't know whether it be like work or whether it be, um, in a relationship or on yourself. Friends. Yeah. Where yeah. you like you give yourself this expectation. Maybe it's go back to like what we were talking about, Adam, where you, you kind of have in your mind what, what you want it to look like. And then it doesn't meet that. And, and then it just kind of bubbles over a couple things that uh, Garrett, you just mentioned. And then um, Thomas mentioned kind of brings me to one of the other things I always want to talk through. Um, so in this chapter, uh, Lewis makes connection between the aggressive mask and the athlete mask, specifically when he's talking about Randy Couture. I don't know if I can say that right. But uh, anyways, Randy shares how his experience with the Greco-Roman wrestling was helpful in developing character and closeness with his teammates. He had, to, he had a channel in which he could effectively manage his aggressive mask. Although we may not be pro fighters or wrestling on a routine basis, what are ways in which we can effectively manage this mask? You know, particularly Thomas, you were talking about how the humbling act that wrestling can be. And I mean, I didn't wrestle, but I, I just know from what I've seen. And even when you're wrestling with your, your friends in like middle school or that kind of thing, it's very humbling to be physically dominated by someone like that. Yeah, you always see. You always see UFC fighters just nail each other like they broke break each other's noses. And then after the fight, they're hugging and patting each other on the back and they're like, all right, respect, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Gary, you kind of were starting to allude to it there. But what are ways in which we can effectively manage the aggressive mask? You got, you got, I mean, this is kind of going backwards, but do you guys ever have you ever punched, kicked, thrown stuff when you're mad? Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, like I objects. Kicked, <laughs> I kicked a hole in the like wall pillows. one time. <laughs> I punched I, I was, I've broken drywall with punches before. My butt blew out a window one time. <laughs> <laughs> was that was that because you were angry? <laughs> yeah, what was the story with that? The Pentagon was a house that no, was because Rob was angry. It was myself, Flez, uh, Thomas, and Matt lived in, by the way, and Rob. And but Rob, what was yeah. the story with that, Flez? I don't, I don't really remember that one. I think I think I stole Rob's little phone 
I'm kind of surprised like none of us fought in that house sometimes not that we yeah. really did a lot of stuff oh, we but bickered. like we for sure we went through, yeah we went through some like yeah i mean junior year there's a lot of stress going on nah yeah. not for me there was no stress for me that year i think though to answer your question stalen um I think like we've talked about it before, but exercising is, is helpful. Like, um, a marriage book I read recently, like, yeah, when your blood pressure is up, you're not going to be able to talk effectively and gain, uh, not game plan, uh, resolve conflict effectively and exercise can be a means to step away, think, work out some energy. Um, journaling i like there's something like about writing down your thoughts and like them staring right back at you like reading your own thoughts kind of helps you process what's going on better and then like what i mentioned earlier like I, you know again it, it if i am being honest like sometimes during this conversation i'm like man is this like a super soft conversation that we're having and i think that just speaks to like how much it's ingrained like yeah it's we're supposed to be stoic we're supposed to be aggressive but in reality it's like no like this is we're we're trying to get at what ultimate you know like yeah. what actual manhood is and i think the process that i've been going through of understanding some of the emotions that i've been feeling have been very helpful to not let the volcano bubble up and explode and talk about an issue earlier on in the moment before a small thing becomes a big thing, like putting the dishes away in the dishwasher and understanding what's really going on underneath and talking about those things that has helped just kind of have more smooth waters in my relationship at large. Right. And so it has, you know, ripple ripple effects. So that help with future situations that otherwise could turn into anger, aggressive responses. Yeah. Let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsors. Sick of fitting in with everyone else? Is your shoe game as thrilling as watching paint dry? Presenting Clown Shoes. With Clown Shoes, you'll have your friends and family wondering if you've lost your mind. They're not just ridiculous. They're also extremely uncomfortable. Whether you're at your high school reunion or just walking around the park, you leave others wondering, is he wearing clown shoes? Get yours today and start turning heads. Clown shoes. Because why not? Oh, yeah. And now back to the show. 
Yeah, I think Thomas, with what you're asking about, you know, have you all ever punched a wall or like done some of the more aggressive kind of responses and that kind of thing? And those are, you know, sometimes those are, if you can find a way to channel those in an effective way, but I know I found, you know, being a married person, Ruth does not really like it if I were to punch a wall. And uh, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it, well, it scares people. I think and it's that's scary. like one of yeah. the worst feeling is yeah, just you don't like, want to give someone fear. Somebody. Yeah. It's like in that but, episode yeah. of The Office when uh, what's his face punches a hole in the wall. Andy. <laughs> Andy. Yeah, Andy. Yeah. yeah. And I think, I mean, Garrett, I, re- I really appreciate like what you shared. And I know for me, one of my more effective ways in which I've, when I have been able to deal with those, like when I'm more frustrated or if I feel like I have a little more anger. And I feel like Ruth has really been helpful with this too, is like if she's seeing it, she's like, go out for a run like go run and you know, sometimes doing like more harder workouts has been really helpful for me. And honestly just picking up the phone and, um, you know, talking to someone, I know Flez and I, we've had several conversations in those times where, yeah, it's just good to talk through something and, um, kind of ground yourself a little bit. I think sometimes too, just being able to like laugh at yourself, what you're getting frustrated about. Cause it's usually something that's not that big of a deal. So I think it's always helpful having people to talk to, about it that are not in the situation going to bed helps me sometimes yeah me too (laughs) that's a big one and then i wake up and i'm all happy and my wife's like what's wrong with you meditation is you know a tool that i use a lot of you know just kind of helps you kind of in a healthy way detach and kind of look at your emotions logic more i feel feel like that's what it does for me kind of like detach a little bit and kind of look at what you're feeling in a more logical way and kind of make sense of your emotions a little bit better. Also regulating that a lot more. And I I did want to say like, you know, I feel like I kind of pooped on powerlifting in previous episodes, but this is an example of where it's probably a good, it's, it is a healthy outlet at at times to go get anger out at the gym and you know, that's helpful. (laughs) But you know, it's just, it is helpful, like at times yeah, to get in more for exercise sure. for sure. And like, for me, I know like heavy squat, heavy deadlift sometimes is, is just a good outlet, you know? Yeah. So just taking some yeah. of that stuff to extreme, but yeah. Finding some kind of outlet, I think is beneficial, whatever that may be for anyone. For me growing up, it was playing drums, just banging on drums really hard was a lot of fun and it it's actually a good exercise too it gets a lot of frustration and anger out because you can just hit things really hard but also and it's okay and it's, it's okay it's a no it's a way to to practice music you know yeah. and you look cool i think out of <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think out of all of us in this group i'm probably the least aggressive I don't know if you would all agree with that. And Rob's not here. He's in Rome, so he can't defend himself. But the way the chapter describes aggression and his three examples kind of made it seem like if you don't have a good dad or if your dad is not around, mm-hmm. then that's where these anger issues stem from. And I think I'm the opposite. Out of all the masks that we've gone through so far, this is the one that I've not related to the Mm -hmm. most this entire chapter. I was just like, I, I can't relate to any of this. Mm -hmm. Like I've never been in a fight. I've never had 
a desire to be aggressive and just like get in the face of someone else. Maybe that's because I was typically smaller than most other guys growing up or I had the a, youngest, yeah. a, I was, I was the youngest for sure. I had a really good dad who was always there for me and showed support and love through everything I did. He was almost always at my sporting events. So I think having a, like a completely different childhood growing up than the three examples that Lewis Howes gave. Yeah. I don't know if I'm the one to be giving advice on this. <laughs> but yeah. I th- another spin on it, on it is the chapter seemed really geared towards physical aggression. Yeah. But I would yeah. say I would relate to if he were to talk about verbal aggression, I could have related mm-hmm. to that a little bit more. Yeah. Like just being angry with people and using words yeah. to try to try to win an argument or something. Um, and I even see it with my kids. Like if I am too stern with them, it probably happens more often than I would like it to. Not that I do it all the time, but afterwards, if I am really stern with them and it's like, man, I, I should not have talked to them like that. Like they're under five years old. They can't really understand. Like I just need to show them love and probably talk in a more gentle way. I don't blame you, Matt. For what? <laughs> For being stern with kids? <laughs> yeah, man. My parents were stern for with me, and I think it was probably good for me. Yeah. Yeah, I think but it's... I, mean, I, know, it's, it's I, I know what you're saying. There's probably a middle ground in there somewhere. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's essentially, what, you know, on this topic, really one of the bigger things we're talking about, too, is just emotional regulation and um, just strategies to better regulate your emotions. And so we saw from Matt described there as well as just in general with, um, with a summary that I gone through earlier that a lot of times these, these um, aggression issues that we have can be generational. And so what are ways in which we can pass down better emotional regulation strategies to um, whether it be our children or just friends around us? What are, what are ways in which we can encourage that among other men? Actionable tools. Hmm. That should be a class when we were a kid in in school. Hmm. What would they teach in the class? Meditation, exercise, like literally any kind of healthy outlet, you know? Like, I don't remember ever having a class like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Here's our emotional regulation class. Okay. Instead of doing this, you're going to go do this, you know? <laughs> I feel like they've taken a lot of the emotional regulators out of school since we were there with uh, less physical recess. Yeah. PE, really? recess, everything else. Yeah, really? Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, especially been, for young boys, that's that's hard. Yeah, I just had education. Yeah, I think uh, I think this is a really good question. I think we've already talked about like the father figure, and that's definitely a component of it. Like, no doubt, um, the lack of dads in people's lives. I think too, like an aspect of the generational piece. It's been very eye opening with Brooks' job at the Indian Health Clinic and serving a patient population that has generations of, of wounds and 
very legitimate trauma from, you know, being forced out of their homes and moved into Oklahoma. And today just seeing some of the systemic ways that they're disadvantaged and kind of have a harder hill to climb. And it's just very fascinating. It's very, uh, and when I say fascinating, I mean, it's, it's very sad. Um, just hearing often it's, yeah, like the dad may not be there, but like, and yes, like the mom and the dad, we all have personal responsibility for our choices, but there's a lot of things that are outside of our control. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's not uncommon for the grandparents to bring in the kids because mom and dad are in jail or on drugs and, that gets passed down. They become teenagers and all of a sudden there's experimenting with drugs. And, and you, so I think, yeah, there's, there's breaking those cycles. And while having a, a dad in your life and involved father is obviously extremely, extremely important. I don't think it's necessarily that black and white that it's like, all right, everyone just needs a dad. Um, and then we'll be good. That would honestly fix a lot of societal issues. Um, but there's external things, um, external forces at play as well. And so I think Stanley, you've yeah. hit on it already, like having a community, people you can talk to, you know, Flez, your idea of having an emo emotional regulation class, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> life tools, you know, like exercise, stuff like that. And then also, yeah, doing stuff like this, I think is helpful. It's like, I mean, honestly, I'm like, oh, I'm not the only one that's like punched a hole in a wall. Like I, you know, <laughs> and it's like, again, we kind of keep those things private because we're ashamed of them. So we, you know, hide behind this mask or that mask and having a community. It's like, oh, I'm not alone. And we can work through this stuff and realize, you know, we're all kind of on the same journey of trying to become better and become better fathers and whether we had a good father or not, right? Like it's something yeah. that we should all strive for or yes. spouses or just members of society, whether you're single, married, father, no kids, whatever. Yeah. Well said. That wraps up our episode for the Books Brothers podcast. Next week, we will review and discuss the Joker mask. If you haven't yet, buy or borrow the mask of masculinity, how men can embrace vulnerability, create strong relationships, and live their fullest lives by Lewis House, and read along with us. Thanks for joining us. Please subscribe and give us a review. We would really appreciate it. Also, please consider sharing this podcast with a friend or a family member that you think would get something out of it. Finally, we'd love to hear from you. If you are challenged by our conversation or have any questions or feedback, email us at connect at booksbrotherspodcast.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week. Until then, read, reflect, and connect.